podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. I've got a uh, title this morning called Keep Going. Keep Going. And the passage that we're going to have a look at has been uh, subtitled by the modern day uh, translations as a call to persevere in faith. But my first question to you this morning, and one for you to answer in your own hearts and minds, how often, how often do you compare yourselves to somebody else? How often do we compare ourselves to somebody else? It might be the way that somebody looks in the appearance, how they're dressed. I wish I was dressed that smart, that type of thing. I had the privilege of going into a very nice restaurant midweek as a treat. And uh, I, in my sweater and jeans, realised that everybody was in a suit. <laughs> Nevertheless, I still ate. <coughs> Although I did feel a little judged. <laughs> But I compared my appearance and thought, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, clearly I'm not dressed appropriately, never mind. But also the way that we live, we can compare ourselves to other people's lifestyles, perhaps their income because of the job that they've got, the possessions then that they have, even perhaps that they clearly run and I should. But I've noticed, and it may just be me, but I'm pretty sure that we're all the same. That on the most part, we tend to compare ourselves to others when we're either on the mountaintop and everything's really good. Or we're in the valley and everything just seems so much harder. You know, like you're treading in treacle and it just is difficult to put one step in front of the other. It's very rare in the, in the average day-to-day, the mundane, where we go, oh, look at them, they're doing so much better than I am. It's very much when we're in the, in the, in the valley that we're like, Lord, what on earth is happening? Look at my life and look at theirs. Even spiritually, dare I say it, we can say, wow, look how they are, look at what they're doing, look how saved they must be. As though we can be more saved than anybody else. Yet our minds, our hearts, if we're not careful, we allow the enemy in that tells us all sorts of things, many lies. And says, well, they're far more saved than you are. Look how Christian they are. And we compare ourselves. It just seems to be the nature that we have, that old self inside of us. With our faith, though, it's fair to say, and Scripture's going to back me up here, that we have good times and not so good times. Times when prayer flows and worship is natural. I I can compare myself sometimes at those times and I can find myself going, "Hmm, I'm doing all right here. And that's also dangerous. Times when prayer flows, everything just seems natural. And times, of course, when we sit and we want to pray, but we have no idea what to say. We're just lost for words. I don't even know how to take the next step. Certainly can't even think about tomorrow because the next 10 minutes seems completely impossible to me. And here's where scripture, God willing, is going to deliver to us the truth and the teaching this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, 
verse 19 through 25. Now the writer, because we, we begin this passage with a therefore. So we have to ask the question, as always, church, what is the therefore, therefore, okay? So what the writer is doing, he's been comparing the old covenant and order of sacrifice being offered for sins daily with the new order of things where Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is a once and for all deal, okay? So he's been comparing the two, that in Christ's blood, because of what Jesus has done for us as we put our faith and our trust in him, we're no longer covering over sin for a short time with the sacrifice of animals and the blood of animals, but no, we're, we're in the new covenant, the new promise that's in the blood of Christ that says my sin is done with, finished. So far have my transgressions been placed for me as far as the east is from the west. It can't be measured. That's what Christ has done. That's what the blood of Christ has done for me and for you as you put your faith and your trust in him. We're in that promise. We're in that new covenant. And then we get this passage with that knowledge then fresh in our minds. And it says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place and just just observe there, as the writer says, brothers and sisters, talking to Christian here, okay? Therefore, brothers and sisters in Christ, if you like, Christians, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Let's pray. Lord, we ask this morning that as we look into your word, that you would open our hearts and our minds, Father, that we'd be receptive to what you've got to say to us through it. Father, I pray that you'll speak through me, that the words that come from me will be your words. Encourage us, Lord, bless us, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. This passage here really starts to unlock for us the truth of firstly what Christ has done for us, but then secondly, the joy that we live in as his children, as children of this new promise, of this new covenant. The knowledge is fresh in our minds and we get the truth then poured out to us. And it's a therefore passage, as I've already said, that's because of that because of, sorry, what we've heard and what we've seen uh, and experienced through Christ's victory on the cross then, that we have, as the word says, we have confidence, listen, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Christ. Now, mountaintop or valley, listen, we have confidence, Christian, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Let me break that down for you. Historically, and you can go back and have a look later on in the Old Testament, the priest, the high priest, would enter the most holy place 
but once a year. And he would do that with bells around the bottom of his robe and a rope tied to one of his legs that was extended beyond the curtain. So when the high priest went into the most holy place, that if the bells should stop, and there's a long awkward silence, and the priest struck dead, you would not go in there to fetch him, because that is the holy place, and the high priest can only go there once a year. They would drag him out. Now this church is the holy place that the writer here in Hebrews is talking about. Listen, let me read it again. That we have, you and I, Christian, you, little old you and little old me, listen, we have confidence to enter the most holy place. How? Because you've earned it. No. How? Because you're, you know, a good person. No. How? Well, I gave a lot to charity last year, as it happened. Nope. Listen, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. There is no other way. If there was another way, do you not think God would have picked it? Do you not think Christ would have said, oh, by the way, rather than do this, because this seems a little bit much, let's go the other route. There was no other route. Christ had to die on the cross. He had to deal with my sin and my shame, your sin and your shame. He had to deal with it. His blood had to be shed. The perfect, spotless Lamb of God had to go to the cross for you and for me. So then, because of what the blood has done for me, because of what the blood has done for you, I have confidence, church, we have confidence to go into that place without the bells around the bottom of our robe and a rope tied to our leg. I have confidence to go before God and say, Daddy. I have confidence to go before God and say, I need you. I have confidence to go before God and say, I cannot face tomorrow. I can have the confidence to go before God and say, Lord, look at what you've done for me. I have the confidence, church. We have the confidence to go before God and speak with him. Oh, what a privilege. What a blessing. Listen, the writer of Hebrews is trying to explain to us, doesn't matter whether it's the, the mountain uh, the, the, right in the depths of the valley or it's the, the mountain top, it doesn't matter where we situate ourselves because life is going to throw curveballs. The reality is we have good days and bad. We try our best to stay on the, the middle path. But naturally, we all have good days and bad. News comes into our life. Listen, it doesn't matter where we situate on the grave, whether it be the Kluth or it be the Zenith. Wherever it is, Christ's blood is enough. The work of the cross is enough. And I have, we have the confidence to step into that most holy place. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere hearts and the full assurance that faith brings. Church, as we read that, as we understand what Christ has done for us, we see then that the curtain was torn in two as Christ was on the cross. Jesus is that curtain. He has opened up that new and living way for you and me. So I can stand in the Holy of Holies and I can talk 
to the creator God. Find me a greater privilege. Tell me better news today. There isn't any. There is nothing greater than that. That me and you, as lowly as we are, I'll go just me. As lowly as I am. That by God's grace I can stand in his presence. Not because I'm anything, but because of the blood of Christ. Amen. Now that church is a joy beyond joy. That is privilege that we cannot grasp, I believe, fully this side of glory. Even the angels, Revelation tells us, even the angels look into it sort of going, what? How is that possible? Listen, the word of God tells us that this is what he has done for us. And so much so, even the angels look into it in absolute wonder and amazement, saying, God, how is this possible? Love is what makes it possible. The Bible tells us that God is love. And because of the blood of Jesus, as we've accepted him as our Lord and Saviour, as we've repented of our sin, church, we get this privileged position. There is no greater privilege. There's confidence for you and I as the church to enter that most holy place. And it's incredible, as the word goes on, it alludes to us and shows us how we are and the position then that we have. Let us hold unswervingly, verse 23, to the hope we profess, because he who promised is faithful. Often when we look into scripture and we see all of the wonder that God has done for us, we think, well, God's done that for them, but to do that for me, surely he's not going to do that for me. Church. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. God has done this for you and for me. God has made a way where there was no way. And we can hold unswervingly to that hope that we profess, that one day I'll see my saviour face to face. Eternal life isn't something that I'm going to get. I already have it. Oh, this is going to waste away. But me, I will be in glory with God. Why? Because you're anything? No. Because of what Christ has done for me. And the Bible's really clear and shows us how we're to live and to push forward for Christ. How we're to live for God on a day-to-day basis. And the challenge for us then, church, is to do what the Word calls us to do. Listen, Titus chapter 3, verse 3 through 7. It's not a verse I've given to Alistair. She'll have to just bear with me or find it really quickly. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Saviour, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy, amen, being given what we do not deserve. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Saviour, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is the hope that we profess. It's all because of what Christ has done for us. It's all because of what he's done. Not anything I could do, but what he has done. And the Bible is so clear, tells us that as we put our faith and our trust in him, he saved us, verse 5, not because of the righteous things that we have done. 
He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This is what we have in Christ. This is who we are in Christ. Salvation has been received by the washing and rebirth of the Holy Spirit. And the Christians then, the renewal has come by the Holy Spirit. We align our lives with Christ. And then church, we outwardly show, as this verse back in Hebrew alludes to, we outwardly show inwardly what has happened. That I align my life with Christ, death, burial and resurrection. I'm baptised. It says I'm with Christ. That is a great declaration. If you haven't made that declaration, then it's time to get baptised. Because I declare that I am his and my word. When Jesus says to God, he's with me, the least thing I could do is say I'm with him. Hey? This is what the, the high priest for us, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's sitting at the right hand of God the Father, says that Matthew is with me. And the same for you, if you've accepted Christ as saviour. That the high priest, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, intercedes for you and for me. And this is the joy that we have as his church, that what's happened in here is outwardly shown as his disciple as we go through the waters of baptism. Now the writer has explained and shown us now then who we are in Christ and what we've received. He calls us then to persevere. Good days and bad that we're to push forward. Listen as it goes on from verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Not you church by the way. Others. As some are in the habit of doing but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us hold on church through all of it. Through the lows, the highs and the bits in between. Because God is faithful. Amen. He says he who is promised is faithful. God is faithful. Christ's blood was enough. The love that Christ has shown for us. The love that God has shown for us. Shows us clearly that love has won. His resurrection has defeated death. Sin's curse has been broken as the perfect spotless lamb was pierced for our transgressions. But we have to keep helping and pushing each other on. We have to keep loving each other. We have to keep driving each other forwards. If you're not in a good place, then there must be somebody here in church that can help. And this is the place to come where you can get like-minded people, encourage you and draw you on, where you can get good and solid counsel, God willing. Church is the place for that. If you're in need, then you have to know where to come. And of course, church, if we're on the mountaintop, that we're helping those around about us. We don't lord it over people. We love people. Amen? We share the good news and we help each other on. Verse 25 tells us to don't give up meeting together. Seeking help, reassurance, good counsel. Don't give the enemy a foothold. So often we see it in our own churches. That something bad happens and the enemy's allowed in and he gets a foothold. And before you know it, attendance has dwindled for that person as they realise that they feel like they're in a mess. And they realise, perhaps God willing at some point, that their eyes have been taken off 
of the perfect Saviour. You remember as Peter was walking on the water, as soon as he looked and saw the wind, what did he do? He started to sink. We have to keep looking to the Saviour. Remember that Christ has done what needed to be done. So we're able to persevere, knowing that everything that needed to be done has been done. We can push through the hard times. But also we can be there for each other. Helping each other, loving each other, motivating one another church. This is our role as the church. To love each other and keep pushing forward. And church, with Christ, there is absolutely no comparison. We might compare ourselves to others. There is no comparison for Christ. He is the beginning and the end. With God, he's the Alpha and the Omega. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Church, we have a Saviour who has done it all. Love has won and ours then is the victory through him. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we again just want to thank you for your word this morning. Father, we thank you that you've spoken to our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that as we go to our homes, as we enjoy safety and travel, Lord, we ask in your will, Father, that you would just speak to us. Father, over the coming hours and days ahead, that we would focus our minds and hearts on your word. Lord, until we meet together again on Wednesday, we just pray, Lord, that you would just refresh our souls. Knowing, Lord God, that you are in control. Knowing, Lord, that love has won. And we thank you, Father God, for the blessing that we have as your church, that we can encourage and love and motivate each other. Just continue to shape us and mould us into what you want us to be. And we thank you, Father God, that ours is the victory through Christ. In Jesus' precious name we pray these things. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.